G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Anger is an appropriate response to something which is not right. Now, the Bible says, Be angry and sin not. So, when does our anger become sinful? Well, the answer is when it's destructive. The anger can actually be constructive. We can speak out against something that's not right and bring about change. But our anger becomes sinful when it's destructive. Do you get angry? And how do you get angry? You know, some people blow up when they get angry. Others clam up. Some people let it all out. Others hold it all in. Now, when we hold it in, that anger inside of us begins to fester. We call it carrying a grudge and having it in for people and having a chip on our shoulder, getting bitter and twisted and so on. But the question is this, is not, do you get angry? But is your anger destructive or constructive? This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And welcome once again to Set Free with author and pastor Ken Legg. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we're looking at the subject of the seeming unfairness of God this week. And Ken, you've been sharing with us uh, some pretty helpful advice from Psalm 37 for those who might be stumbling over what they feel is God's unfairness toward them. Yes, uh, David said quite a few things. He said, uh, first of all, if you're feeling that way, well, don't. <laughs> don't fret. Don't get worked up about the seeming unfairness of God. Uh, then he went on to say, trust God, trust him, feed on his faithfulness. See, a lot of people make the mistake of trying to feed on the fairness of God. They want God to equal the scales at the end of the day, you know, mm-hmm. make everything fair for everyone. And when it doesn't seem to work out that way, then we get all uptight and we start uh, fretting and it eats away inside us and, David says, no, don't do that. Just trust God. Trust his character. Feed on his faithfulness, not his fairness, you know. Then he goes on to say, delight yourself in the Lord. This is when we start getting deeper into the psalm and we learn that there's actually something bigger in our lives than our problems. And that is a relationship with God. We can have a relationship with God, a walk with God, a beautiful communication with God. We can get to know him more and more. And as we do that, our problem seems to minimize and, and God is magnified. And that's how it should be. And then the last thing we saw, Phil, was um, David said, commit or roll your way onto him. Now, we made a distinction between rolling our responsibility onto God. We can't do that. You know, we've all got a responsibility in life. If people are getting anxious about their job, their ministry, their family, uh, their neighbors or whatever it is, you know, we've got responsibilities in society and we can't be free of those. We can't re- roll those onto God. But we can roll onto him the care of those things, the anxiety, the worry, the fretting about those things. And and that's what he uh, exhorts us to do in this psalm. I just love that sequence. Trust, delight, commit. And they're great words. And, and the next one that David goes on to in the Psalms is rest. And that's a really interesting sequence, I think. Yeah, he says uh, rest in the Lord. Now, you think about it. Rest usually comes when the work is done. Okay, we've worked hard. We rest at the end 
of the day. We find, like, for example, in creation that God worked for six days and then on the seventh day he rests. Now, when we come over into the new covenant, we find an interesting thing, and that is that the believer's day of rest, if you like, if you want to look at it that way, is not the last day of the week, it's the first day at the beginning of the week. Now, why is that? There's a reason for that, and I believe it's this, that our rest doesn't come after we've worked, but due to the fact that the work is finished. Christ has finished his work. On the cross, he said, it is finished. Mm. So we enter into the finished work of Christ. Now, what does that actually mean? Well, it means, of course, that on the cross, Jesus dealt with the sin issue and provided our salvation for us. But, of course, the salvation is not just our forgiveness and our reconciliation to God. It's the fact that Jesus has provided for the totality of life. So whatever we need, uh, we are already empowered for that. So that's the rest that we come into. When we wake up each day, we know that we do not know what that day is going to throw at us. But what we do know is that we're fully empowered for the totality of life. Um, It's a question of, you know, as I set out into the day, do I believe that I'm deficient, that I have lack, or that I am sufficient, that I am empowered for all things? And the Bible says that, you know, we are empowered for the totality of life. We're we're complete in Christ. Mm, It's a really interesting point. I guess if we're honest, though, we would have to say there are times when we are in that rest and then there are times when we're just clearly not in that rest. Absolutely, and uh, I'd put me my hand up <laughs> uh, for that one, Phil, and uh, I, I'm sure that uh, many of our listeners would do so as well. And uh, it's interesting, actually, that this word rest literally means to be dumb, to be silent, or to hold one's peace, to be quiet. Now, that's a good uh, interpretation of the word because... You know, it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. We know whether a person is at rest. We know whether we are at rest by what's coming out of our mouth. If we're speaking worry, if we're speaking uh, anxiety, if we're fretting, you know, that's an evidence that we're not at rest. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It would be good sometimes to have a recorder uh, follow (laughs) us around so we can then later on analyze the things that we're saying because I think sometimes you would be surprised at the things that come out of your mouth. But you're right, it, and, and the Scriptures are right. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And you know, even though David wrote that psalm, um, he was not just talking to the people you know, way back then, but he's addressing this generation here and now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, truth is timeless. Uh, human nature is always the same, and God's answers are always the same. Um, and so the next thing that David says, if we can go on to the next uh uh, active word, if you like, in this psalm is he says, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Mm. Now, remember, this is the context or in the context of our enemies prospering while we suffer, you know, the, the seeming unfairness of God. And uh, let's just take Jonah as an example for this, because Jonah really wanted his enemies to suffer. He wanted them to be judged by God, and he, he knew that uh, judgment was looming because God sent him to the Assyrians, to, to Nineveh, the capital of you know, mm. Assyria, to warn them. To, to basically, yeah, say, look, you know, uh, you're in trouble, big trouble. <laughs> turn, turn or burn. <laughs> yeah, so uh, he wanted them to be in trouble, so he got on a boat going in the opposite direction <laughs> uh, because if you knew anything about the Assyrians, you'd understand. I mean, they, they were just, they had a policy of cruelty. Uh, they were so cruel that they inspired fear by their cruelty so that people would pay up their tribute. Uh, they would submit to them without, you know, kind of uh, fighting or resisting. They didn't want the cruelty 
that the Assyrians inflicted upon uh, the nations around them. So they, they had a deliberate policy of cruelty. And, and Israel were basically very close to Assyria. And uh, it was only a matter of time before the Assyrians were going to swoop down and do the same thing to them. So he ran in the opposite direction. And, of course, God always has his way. And we know the story of uh, the storm and him being thrown overboard, being swallowed up by the big fish, spewed up on dry ground and uh, recommissioned into the city. And then, you know, when he when he goes and preaches to them, what do they do? They repent and God forgives. And, 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 and Jonah says, I knew you was going to do this. I knew that this is what you, you're just like that. And I knew this was going to ha- happen. And, and then God says this to, to Jonah. He says, do you do well to be angry? What a great question that is, Phil. Do you do well to be angry? And, and when we get angry at times, it's good to just stop and ask ourselves that question. Mm. Do you do well to be angry? Yeah, I guess the modern term would be, so, Ken, you're angry. Yeah. How's that working out for you? Yeah, how's it working for you? Yeah. That's right. In fact, James basically gives us the answer, you know, the Apostle James. He says, the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Mm. So one thing I always say to myself when I'm getting angry, it doesn't matter how much, how angry I'm going to get in, in this situation, no good is going to come out of my unrighteous hanger. <laughs> That is just so true. And I love it to hear how uh, David puts it in the Psalms here. Psalm 37, verse 8. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. There it is, black and white. Yeah. In fact, did you know, Phil, it's reckoned, and I've never checked this out, but um, I have heard that when we get angry, um, it secretes some toxin on, on, on our tongue. Okay. And when that's mixed with saliva and swallow, that actually makes us sick, you know. So mm. it does cause harm or height, you know. Well, that's where we must leave things today. Our series this week, When Life Seems Unfair. We'll have more tomorrow. And until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book What's Eating You, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.